In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, including it is spring football season, y'all. Uh, and I, uh, as my sign-on name for tonight, uh, am all about, also all about that base and softball, uh, otherwise known as Hooligan7. I'm joined tonight by J. Cap Hood Husky and DJ K. Woody. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? Good. Doing great. Good. Chilling. Doing good. Doing good. Chilling, chilling. Glad to have the game uh, back. Yes, absolutely. Um, before we get any further, we'll roll right into uh, beverages of choice for the evening. Uh, J-Cap, we'll start with you since you're on the, the top of my screen as I look at it. Uh, with this stacked video format, uh, what do you got tonight? Uh, I'm on that White Claw Surge Cranberry. Nice. I'm sure DJ approves. Great choice. Hood, <laughs> what you got, bud? Oh, well, I, I drink up all the Jameson, so I'm just drinking the Sprite now. So no no more Jameson and Sprite. It's just Sprite now. So I got Sprite <laughs> no, remaining. Dude, you, you aren't just drinking Sprite. I'm watching you drink a whole-ass two-liter bottle of Sprite it's, on my screen it's a, right now. It's <laughs> one liter. It's one liter. Okay, one liter. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going into I'm going into sugar shock over here just seeing it. The Jameson <laughs> is gone, so. Well, you, you're just get you're, you're just pre gaming for St. Patrick's Day already. I, oh, I can come respect on. that. <laughs> Got my green too. See, <laughs> it's the only kind of green we allow on this podcast uh, until the Sonics are back, at least. True. Uh, DJ, how about you, sir? Yeah, J Cap sweatshirt. The Sonics. Yeah. Uh, just high quality H2O tonight. And I'm on uh, Team Carbonated uh, H2O. I am uh, double fisting. I've got one uh, Nixie Sparkling Water Black Cherry Lime and one Nixie Sparkling Water Strawberry Hibiscus. So a little alternate flavor, uh, staying bubbly hydrated. Well, do you <laughs> bubbly drink hydrated and doubly hydrated. Do you drink them both at the same time? Mix the flavors? No. No, <laughs> I'm not going like Burger King fountain, <laughs> soda fountain style. Um, all right, we'll move right along into, uh, well, or, or we'll, uh, we'll, we'll briefly mention some news on the, the substantive front of, of the podcast. Uh, we have activated our uh, listener support feature on Spotify uh, at a couple of different tiers at 99 cents a month. Uh, you will hear us say thank you uh, on an episode of the podcast at the four ninety nine a month level. Uh, you will get to appear. We're going to bring back the happy hour podcast format and do that uh, uh, probably at least a couple times a quarter, but we will guarantee you at least one uh, appearance per quarter. And at the $9.99 a month, um, you get segment sponsorship. Um, you will hear the first <laughs> person that contributed at that level uh, get introduced, and, and we'll say a big thank you to them. Uh, momentarily, uh, I do want to make a, a quick note that those uh, price options are set by Anchor slash Spotify and was not something that we could customize. We definitely appreciate the support. Uh, again, our goal um, is certainly to cover the costs of production of the podcast uh, and then past the point where we've been able to cover costs. Our goal is to donate anything that's in access to Motley Futures uh, and uh, create basically a fund to move toward being able to have player appearances and uh, pay for player appearances and interviews on the podcast. So thanks for your support. Uh, and you can support us at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash sound the siren pod UW. 
that will also be in the show. I believe that shows up in the show notes everywhere. I'll tweet it out from the pod account. We'll tweet it out from my account. But thanks for your support. We're still here. We're not paywalling anything. Um, but thanks. So without further ado, uh, we will move right into Stupid Tweets, sponsored by Kevin King. And not that Kevin King. And I believe J-Cap has more to say on the subject. Yeah. Shout out Kevin King, my guy. Um, yeah. I don't know how much he wants me to talk about it, but love you. That's my dad. Um, yeah. Word to him. <laughs> so thank you, Kevin. Um, we're, we're big fans. Um, and, and I'll start off, um, and I'm going to give uh, give our buddy Kim Grinnell a shout for saying, for it, it was in a bit of a thread uh, that actually was responding to somebody quote who had quote tweeted Leah about uh, Jen Cohen. Um, and Kim had the, the observation that, uh, you know, tell me a better UW athletic director in the last 30 years than Jen Cohen. Hint, you can't. Um, Kim, that's a real, real high, high bar that, that Jen's jumping over. Uh, when you have such auspicious, you know, Husky legends like Barbara Hedges, Todd Turner, uh, Scott Woodward, who left the department in debt. I mean, wow, just clear Hall of Fame performance. I'm not saying Jen is a terrible athletic director. I'm not saying she's a great athletic director, but have some awareness of the uh, the, the comparative <laughs> factors involved. Uh, so that's my stupid tweet. How about you guys? Any any that you'd like to uh, call out or laugh at collectively this evening? Yeah, there's probably hundreds given the last time we've done one of these. But I got a kind of unique one. It's not really a tweet, a normal tweet, but it is a stupid tweet. The announcement of uh, the Athletic letting go of uh, Christian Capel. Fuck the Athletic. Yes. Cancel Fuck your subscription. Canceled mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was... subscribe, su- subscribe to Christian's uh, yeah. new Substack on Montlake. Subscribe to DubDub. Subscribe to, you know, we're... Other than, you know, the, the anti-dogman sentiment, we're not really anti any Husky media uh, on here. And, and we're not certainly trying to take anything away from anyone. Um, we're just of the mindset that, that more Husky content is good. And, and particularly more Husky, Husky content from Christian Gable. So, yeah, dang, fuck the athletic. Dang it, DJ. That I was going to. That's the one I was going <laughs> to. Yeah. I, I don't hey, have great any, minds think alike. I don't have any Husky related ones. Um. um I guess what I'll say, the most recent thing I saw is, is unrelated to the, the Huskies, but chill sun and snitching on dry snitching on LeBron. That was kind of mean. You know what I mean? About, you know, using PEDs and stuff. So, that's yeah, kinda I saw that. That was kind of whack. That's kind of yeah. whack. Yeah. Well, uh, I will also say, uh, and again, I will implore people not to engage with his content, but uh, we see a big game troller. With the oh WSU's got better NIL opportunities in Washington, yeah, uh huh, sure, <laughs> dude. That that's a good stupid tweet. That that was so dumb. No, he's even just, even Cougs just, fans were chiming in like, "I love my Cougs or whatever," but this is one hundred percent not true. <laughs> he's a troll. Like he is full on a troll, y'all. Don't keep biting that 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 it, it nice. It's a big fat worm. He's putting on the end of that hook that's thrown out in the water. Don't bite it. Uh, my stupid tweet is kind of a bittersweet stupid tweet. Uh, the Mariners PR department making the stepbrothers 
uh, poster after UW oh. did it with uh, some UW players last year. I was kind of, I was glad to see it from the Mariners, but also UW did it first. Shout out Hadley Heck. Yes, I will. I will say, speaking of good posters, uh, shout out to the Kraken media admin for for the mighty Kraken. Uh, Photoshop of after the victory over the Ducks last night. So uh, we appreciate any victories over teams named the Ducks. What can we say? Hey, if we're going on the same route, Pete Pete Carroll's tweet about Sauce Gardner, dude. Pete Carroll, that was so good. That was so good. That was awesome. I pray that that was actually Pete. So bad. <laughs> can <you> imagine <laughs> Pete the Savage Carroll. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, move. Uh, I think let's move into the mailbag, and then we'll talk. Uh, you know, which is which will lead us into our spring ball discussion. Um, and we'll start with a, a, a question that we got from at Corey T twenty seven Corey uh, with the new players on that have come in on the defensive side of the ball. What improvements can we expect uh, on that side of the ball in the coming season? Um, I, I'll just say one thing. I'll just say speed. I think you're definitely going to see um, a lot faster defense for sure. Um, now, whether they, you know, bring their hat and, you know, improve their tackling is, you know, will be remain to be seen. But I think one, one definite is going to definitely be speed there. Um, you're going to see a huge, huge jump in that. I think we're also going to see a jump in plays on the ball from the defensive backs. Um, something that was really, really lacking last year. I think Jabbar Muhammad coming in will, will, add to that and then all of the uh incoming freshmen uh defensive back are going to be uh really strong uh, everything that we've seen as far as their high school film uh ball skills wise uh looks really good so that's something that i think we're going to see a, a big step forward yeah agreed i i think the, the the one thing that i will say is that i uh i also think that we, we seem to turn a little bit of a corner at the end i don't think we're going to suddenly you know it, it's not going to be all of a sudden all the way back to like the death row defense that we saw in the Chris Peterson era. But I think that we're going to be a little bit steady, a little more bend, don't break, hopefully not as many busted coverages um, and just a little bit more sustained, better performance. That's not necessarily going to have, you know, require the offense to fire on all cylinders at all times. Yeah. And I think the, the ball skills, what Jake Cap said, that's what I was going to say too, but Maybe this is kind of just hopeful, but I'm hopeful like a lot of these guys, there's year, year two in the system that they'll be a little bit more fundamentally sound and uh, filling the gaps the right way and reading assignments better. So I'm hopeful that after, again, second year in the system, they, they learn the guys that's coming back uh, and are better at those aspects. For sure. Yeah, I think also, too, just I think it's a much deeper team for sure, a much deeper defense for sure. So. You know, those guys that you're going to be relying on if uh, if slash when one or two guys go down, they'll be guys that have had experience. They won't be first year guys so um, or, or people getting their first action. So I think that's one of the benefits going in um, to this year is that you just kind of have that um, that wealth of experience on the back end. Yeah, we won't have a repeat of the Arizona State game last year where a couple guys go down and we're starting multiple true freshmen. And hopefully not, and not a repeat of the Arizona State game in a bullshit targeting call that rolls out one of our more experienced players on the back end of our defense. 
Sorry, I'm still a little salty about that one. Can you tell? Also, too, like expect the um, you know I I I see losing you know a great leader and communicator like Alex Cook to be big, but um, you know you replace that that vocal kind of leadership with Eddie and uh, Raylan Goforth as well. So I think you kind of take us. You're going to see a, a huge step in communication, um, and you know obviously with rumors of Mish kind of being moved around. I'm utilizing his versatility and his communication skills as well at the Husky position. I think you're just going to see a lot, uh, a lot of the defense more on the same page. Um, so that's a, a thing as well. Yeah, you still. I mean, yes, you you lose some. You know, you lose Alex, but there's still a bunch of experience back there, and certainly even Jabbar. You know, yes, is it in this defense? No, but uh, he wasn't riding the pine <laughs> at Oklahoma State, like he's seen it in big time games and in big time environments. Um, so yeah, I, I think we'll move on to the next question, which came in from the Cascadia corner podcast, uh, biggest impact transfer in the fall. So this can be on both sides of the ball. Um, we can talk about that and, or, and I would actually say, Hey, well, let's, let's take one on each side of the ball and then say overall, which of those two choices is the biggest impact on the team. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, say when we look in hindsight at 2023. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Go, go ahead, Jacob. Yeah, Ooh, I'm gonna okay, say never go mind. Forth. Uh, physicality uh, from the linebacker yeah. position is something that we're we were uh, lacking in last season. Uh, I mean, everyone can go back and watch the hit that uh, he put on. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Cam uh, was not Cam rising. rising. Cam <laughs> rising. Yes, knock knock that motherfucker's helmet right off. Uh, in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, that's just something that we didn't see a lot of from any position on defense last year. Um, obviously, the offense is doing or was clicking on all cylinders and, and putting up big numbers and all that kind of stuff, and we want to see some improvement on the defense. Um, so I think physicality from the linebacker position is going to be the biggest impact. Obviously, you can go with a guy like Jabbar Muhammad, which uh, would, will be huge, but uh, I'm going to say Raylan go forth. I like it. Yeah, I, I like it too. Or DJ, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, because I was gonna. I thought Jabbar Muhammad would be an obvious choice, but I like to go forth there. Yeah, I think Muhammad fills a need that we seriously really need on defense at corner, where we're uh, struggling a little bit last year a lot. Uh, and then offense. You're saying offense and defense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Dylan Johnson on yep. offense. That's. Uh, He's going to be, yeah, he's going to fill a big hole. I mean, we didn't have a big hole there, but, like, he's going to be a different change of back than we had last year for sure. Uh, and I was going to say Jeremy Bernard, but I think Bernard will probably make a bigger impact, like, over the next couple years at UW, not, not as much yep. this year, but the next year he'll probably be number one or two wide receiver. Uh, but, yep. yeah, Dylan Johnson this year. Yeah, I was going to say uh, – I forgot to do my offensive one. But I think if Rome didn't come back, I think it would have been Jeremy. Um, but yep. I agree, Dylan Johnson uh, will be our biggest impact. I think Josh Cuevas is going to be big for us too. But I think as far as impact on the team week to week, I think Dylan Johnson will be the bigger impact guy. Yep, I I agree. Like I I think in a lot of ways he's a, and this isn't any disrespect to to to, to they call him Big Tala Papa. Um, but Dylan is in a lot of ways, he's a faster version of what Wayne brought to the table. Um, really good hands out of the backfield. I think we talked about that at length in spaces last night. 
um, you are going to see this team throw the ball to running backs a lot more than they did the previous years for a number of reasons. Um, among them, defenses are not going to let are not going to be like kind of let Mike sit back there and take them apart. So you're going to see. I expect to see a lot more pressure. Um, particularly we're, we're breaking in some new interior alignment. You're going to see more pressure. And I think to alleviate that and also to take advantage of where the defense is creating gaps that we can exploit in particular, which is something that Ryan Grubb loves to do. Like, Hey, you're okay. Yeah. You're going to try and take this away from us, but you're going to create a big old hole right here. We're going to make you pay for it. Uh, you're going to see the, the running backs, Cam Davis, Dylan Johnson, um, and, and really a lot of anyone that gets, reps at that spot is going to be asked to catch the ball out of the backfield. And that's something that they did a ton at Fresno state. I completely agree about Dylan Johnson. I think he's going to be huge for us in the fall. Uh, so I say to piggyback off of, you know, I'll do two defensive guys uh, since I don't think there's too many offensive guys to be mentioned. Uh, but I do think uh, uh, Jeremy Bernard for sure on off on the offensive side. And I think more special teams. Um, I think we're really looking for a spark. Um, from kick return, punt return, and I think Jeremy might get an opportunity to make an impact there first. Um, so Jeremy, I, I would say on offense, but, cool. but I'll give two on defense. I'll say Thaddeus Dixon and Zach Durfee. Um, yep. You guys were mentioning about how you know corner was one of the you know the positions of need, and I think equally a position of need, um, and not only a position of need, but a position that you know we're going to need somebody to play at a high level is going to be the edge position. And um, I think that, uh, you know, you look at Zach Durfee's profile, his film, um, if his if his, you know, intangibles uh, and his physical ability translate to this level, he's going to be a monster. So I would say watch out for him. And then Thaddeus Dixon, um, I, I saw, you know, his feet. I'm a feet guy um, and, and his size as well, coupled with his athleticism and his fluidity. I really think that uh, he can um, vie for that starting boundary spot. Zach Durfee was going to be who I was going to say on the defensive side, so that's a great call, Hood. Um, particularly, I think you're going to need to replace their, their production <laughs> that uh, uh, that Jeremiah Martin brought to the table, and and I think if if Martin can or if Durfee can fill in some of that Martin void, um, that's going to have a big impact for us as well, for sure. Um, all right, we'll move on to our next question, uh, which comes in from our Al Harbaugh at Mount Flesmore on Twitter. Uh, kicker, why is a kicker? What is a kicker? <laughs> what can we expect at the kicker position? Who do we expect to win the job at kicker? Uh, I jokingly responded and said, hey, you know, don't sleep on the uh, the Seattle Times Sports Star of the Year award that uh Ken Griffey Jr. is like, hey, I think I've got four years of eligibility left. I could be your third string kicker, you know. Imagine the Griffey home run strut after a made field goal. (laughs) I'm just picturing him now in 2023 winding up for a kick in a college football uniform. (laughs) Dude, like who even is who even is the kicker? Is isn't is gross and then somebody Grady else, gross. right? Grady Gross and um there have been early good returns. Um trying to find I've it on the roster. Yeah, but I've heard I've heard that that kid's been doing a good job for sure. Yeah. Um got his name though. A quick aside. When you were mentioning Wayne Talapapa, I went to look up his stats. Uh, Google has a picture of Will Nixon for 
Wayne Talapapa when I look up his stats. And this is why the tech industry is where it is right now. The tech industry is where it is. They laid off the statistician. <laughs> or the the the, the, the proper uh, identify, person identifier. That is freaking <laughs> hilarious. Also, too, just to Dylan Johnson, like, I mean, you look at how many career catches he has. I think you're going to see, you know, him have a, a ridiculous year with us in the pass game for sure. Um, and then also having that lateral pass game really, really open up a lot of explosives down the field. I think. You know, we thought the offense was real, you know, explosive last year. I think this year we 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 remain explosive, but I think we get a little bit more creative, um, and I think we get a lot more yards after catch, yards after contact, type of explosives from the running game this year. So, Johnson has two years, right? I think, uh, I th- he has two. I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think he's played three years, and one of those years was COVID year. So I think so. And I was able, I was able to find it. The the other uh, kicker uh, that's in the competition, and apologies that we didn't think of it firsthand, is is Addison Schrock, uh out of uh, Bellingham, in fact. So so an in-state kid. Don't know who that is. I won't, I won't, for, I won't forget your name again, young boy. I won't forget your name again. Promise. I, I've seen him mentioned a couple of times. I just couldn't remember his name off the top. So I think that was it for our questions. Uh, so I think we can move into our kind of general spring discussion. And what are you guys hoping to see out of the spring? Um, what what should, as, as people pay attention to practice reports, as people go to, you know, for any open practice and then certainly come the spring game, uh, what are you guys all going to be looking at and looking for um, coming out of this, out of this, uh, out of the spring season? I mean, I'm assuming everyone's looking at the defense, right? I mean, we know what the offense is about. We know what they can bring to the table. And they're pretty much – most of them were there last year. I mean, I personally look and see what kind of steps the defense can make and improvements there because, you know, as, as we've said most of last year, if we had an average defense, we <laughs> we could have been undefeated. Maybe I mean, at least, you know, short 12-0. It could be a stretch, but definitely be better than what we were. So that's that's what I'm hoping to see a lot of improvement on. Uh, you know, kind of what I was referring to earlier, just making sure that guys are reading their assignments, uh, just knowing where to be at. You know, getting more turn turnovers, and you know, was it today that or one of the first few days, someone who was there at practice was saying the defense was better. I don't know if you guys saw that. I saw that shared. Yeah, I was going to mention that too. Someone said yeah. that the the defense outplayed the offense a couple of days ago, and if if that's happening in practice, then that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, for me, what I'm looking at is uh, rotations, starting rotations, and positioning on the defensive backfield. Um, Hood mentioned it earlier, seeing Mish move around a little bit, uh, Dom moving around a little bit, uh, and seeing who's getting those first team reps uh, at boundary corner. Uh, is is something that I'm paying attention to a lot as well. Um, obviously, we want to see a lot more uh, plays on the ball, and then obviously less busted coverages, which we saw more than any Washington fan is comfortable seeing over the last ten years. Um, so that's something that we definitely need to clean up. 
Um, but like DJ said earlier, just the second year in the system, uh, a lot of guys getting a little bit more comfortable uh, playing back there. Um, guys that I think of like Asa Turner, um, that, that, like you said before, just reading his assignments a little bit better, um, maybe not having to feel like he has to overcompensate and cover somebody else's job because everyone kind of knows what they're doing a little bit better. Um, so yeah, defensive back rotation and positioning is the thing that I'm, I'm paying most attention to when I'm seeing these practice reports come out. I, I would say the, the main things that I'm kind of looking, looking for or kind of focusing on are the health of our guys, obviously like uh, who remains healthy, those types of things. Like, can we remain healthy? Um, and then in regards to like personnel and performance, I would say just a lot of, you know, I think it's, it's pretty rare to have so many freshmen in so early. And um, I would just say like, just kind of monitoring how, um, how the true freshmen are doing at spring practice, because I feel like so many coming in so early at uh, need positions um, could fight for some playing time early. So just kind of keeping a, keeping an eye on which, true freshman um, that's in there early in the spring is making plays and vying for early playing time. Yeah. Word to uh, Maurice Himes, get well. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say health is huge uh, with Himes getting hurt first day. And then we ought to know what happened to one of our best players a few years ago in spring, spring ball who ended up missing most of the next season. So yeah, that's very important. No, hopefully no key injuries. Yeah, I think um, another thing that I want to to watch for in spring ball is defensive interior defensive line rotations as well. Um, something that we saw a little bit of improvement last year that we want to see a, even more of. Uh, and then uh, on the edges, uh, who's going to be taking the uh, taking over that gap that uh, Jeremiah Martin uh, left? Hopefully, it's going to be Zach, Zach Durfee, but. Um, we see like some younger guys uh, like Maurice. Hopefully he, he gets well. And then also uh, Lance Holtzclaw. Uh One thing, you know, I think that's going to kind of go under the radar for a while just because of the level that the defense played at. Um, and I think the defense is going to get a lot of, um, you know, need to do this, need to do that and a lot of eyes. But we are replacing three interior offensive linemen. Um, and, you know, Mike Penix has proven, you know, obviously this year or last year, that when he's got, you know, a solid offensive line, he can shred you up. But we saw at Indiana when, you know, his offensive line isn't doing so well, you, you run the risk of kind of having him uh, potentially get hurt and those types of things. So really, really got my eye also on the interior offensive line. Um, the top seven offensive linemen, kind of watching that battle there. Um, and you also have a lot of versatility um, within the guys that are available at those at those three positions. So it's going to be really, really uh, cool to kind of see, watch that come to fruition. Has anyone seen or reported who's been out there at number one offensive line, or is it not not a thing yet? First week of spring ball. Uh, I've heard a couple guys get rotated in and out at center, but I haven't really heard anything about either of the guard positions. I was curious about that too. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anything either. Um, haven't really been too into the reports, but I definitely, we, we definitely could check that out a little later. See. Who's been kind of getting those? I heard Parker, uh, Parker Bills took, took up, a, took over the the center spot 
in the last practice at least. I don't know how long that's going to go for oh, or if wow. he's going to take over that job moving forward. But for the for uh, for the ones, yeah, word. Mm-hmm. Is he uh, with this he's next be season be his second year or third year? Freshman. So it'd only be a second year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Way to go, Parker. And that was, I mean, that was certainly somebody that we were, uh, we all had some nice things to say about looking at the tape when we covered that recruiting class. Um, nice, you know, certainly good things to hear. I'm certainly Coach McKeefrey's got a fair bit to do with that as well. The importance, in particular, if a alignment is going to play early, uh, there's a high amount of importance to the strength and conditioning program, even. Uh, I mean, saying strength and conditioning is important. Is- Um, uh, yeah. but that, that's encouraging. I certainly think that you're going to see the use, some of the usual suspects get, get reps, uh, as they figure, I, I certainly, I don't expect that you're going to see somebody, um, other than, uh, uh, Roger Rosengarten starting at one of the tackle positions and it probably will, the other one will likely be Troy Faltano. Um, that I would be surprised to see unless the one of those, unless, you know, maybe Troy kicks inside, um, because he does have a ton of potential at guard as well, but yeah. And you mentioned Ron McKeefrey. I want to mention real quick, uh, Lance Holtzclaw posted some pictures, uh, of the winter conditioning stuff. Uh, and he just, he was tagging McKeefrey and like giving him a bunch of praise. I mean, I don't follow a ton of college football programs that closely. Um, but to see a player give so much love to the strength and conditioning coaches is pretty cool to see, uh, something that, uh, I think bodes well for us in the future. Yeah, Absolutely. Ron's different, different. And usually, yeah. And usually, you know, the strength, and, you know, it, it's kind of sometimes you might love to hate the strength and conditioning coach. And then, like, it's great to see the players recognize all of the, the what Coach McKeefer is doing for them because <laughs> those early morning workouts, they're not always fun. Uh, any other topics you guys want to talk about in terms of uh, spring ball? I think we about, about covered it. Did, uh, yeah, we about gonna, covered it. Is there going to be open practices at all or just a spring game in the 22nd? I haven't seen anything on open practices. I haven't seen but, anything, yeah. But spring game. They did a yeah. couple last year, so I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'd be surprised if they didn't again this year. Yeah, they, I don't think they've announced anything. They got the how clinic many, coming up on the first. Yeah, how many spring practices do they do? Like, 15? I believe how many? Twenty. Twenty. Yeah, I thought it was like fifteen. It's like it's fifty to twenty or something. Yeah, I think that's right. And they're on what two? Yeah, yeah. Today yeah, was two. Last year they didn't announce open practice until like four practices in or five practices in, something like that. Okay, so I wouldn't be surprised so to see them announce some open practices later on next week. Yeah. And just a little bit of a, you know, haven't been super on it, but a little bit of a shift to recruit. And I think we got landed in a, you know, what Aaron Butler's top four, landed in Aaron Flowers' top ten, um, top four for Isaiah Rubin. So uh, got some – and obviously heating up for a lot of other folks too. And Top two for Pocky Fino. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, we we haven't talked. We we will get come back in in a, in a week or so and do a deep dive into twenty twenty four recruiting on to this point. Um, but obviously, we haven't talked at length about 
about Austin Mack, both the commitment and the the reclassification to 2023 uh, jumping. <laughs> I believe he jumped uh, Lincoln Keen Holtz <laughs> in the quarterback rankings for Ooh. that class. So fairly well in Ohio State. Uh, speaking of Ohio State, they ducking they ducking they more than clowns than Eugene. Yeah. Emeka and but JT didn't want to come home uh, and play against us. It's okay. Or, or, or maybe with some of the stuff that's come out this week, it's there's a distinct possibility with that that we could be looking at the end of the Pac-12 conference. And uh, I know I believe it was G Swame, the G Swame show, uh, tweeted that uh, what he was hearing is that Oregon and Washington would be joining the Big Ten uh, on a sliding scale, eventually growing to a, to a full share. Um, obviously that's the most preferable landing spot for the university of Washington. Um, if the PAC 12 is not a viable option, it's not. um, we can talk about that at length when there's well, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with taking less as long as not permanently. Like we, we got to at least a few Correct. years in or whenever next TV deal, next TV deal will be probably like five years though. So that could be a lot, but I'm fine for a few years. Just negotiate a new TV deal. Yeah. I think it's not, I think it's up like 2030 or something. But, but less of the Big Ten's TV deal is still more than what the yeah. no one networks our share want Pac-12 football like without be, UCLA so. and USC at this point. Well, mostly USC, but yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, true. Very, very yeah, uh, yeah. UCLA football—they haven't won a conference title in thirty years, or coming up on twenty-five. It's yeah. They, they are a very preeminent program in a lot of things. Softball, not one. <laughs> um, being one of the big ones, uh, but not exactly a something to write home about from a, a football standpoint. Yeah. Uh, speaking of softball, I do want to give them a quick shout out. They, they seem to have gotten it, you know, rolling pretty well. A couple of little hiccups, but it's early in the season. Um, Ruby Malon is <laughs> dealing. She's the might real have a, a true freshman deal, number dude. one. She's the real yeah, deal. Um, get out and support the softball team. Uh, shouts to the baseball team. Uh, off to a great start. Uh, I believe Kiefer Lord was the chief. Keith. Uh, recognized as a, like, yeah, uh, a national pitcher of the week um, by one service. Uh, Will Simpson hit a ball that should have had a pilot on it uh, playing at Portland uh, this week. Um, and also that, you know, uh, this is not a football score, a, a 32 to 7 victory over Northern Colorado last week uh, as part of a sweep. Go ahead. And a huge that. shout out to the track team. They're killing it. Let's go. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if they're still rated number one, but they've been rated number one at least on a couple occasions this year. Gymnastics team, I believe. Tennis team. Tennis team got like five ranked yeah, people, five ranked individual players, I think. Yep. And I think they're leading, I think, the conference right Had a walk-off win against Oregon. Let's go. (laughs) Under a a sellout crowd. (laughs) You've seen that video. It's (laughs) it's so tough to watch those smaller sports walk-off victories. There's just nobody there. But, I mean, it is. They're excited, so. (laughs) Well, that's what matters. Yeah. I I was going to make a comment about sellouts and the irony of that in context of Oregon, but you know, (laughs) 
flat out common sense is what a lot of them do. <laughs> mean. Or, or or to go back to stupid tweets uh, at Oregon Twitter in general. True. True. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Oregon, that that was so cringe when they're wishing Phil Knight happy birthday in those videos. I don't know if you saw them. Oh from my like, god! Weeks I ago. forgot about that. Was... We haven't done a stupid tweets in so long. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my god! Was, uh, like, how do they look at that? Like, oh, watch. yeah. I had to turn it off. I couldn't even finish. The... Oh yeah, I couldn't either. Was... I know. I only got like ten seconds in, and I had. Oh my god, it was horrible. Oh, I also want to say, man, uh, big shout out to the Standard Podcast, man, with with yes, a, cu- a couple sure. of them boys over there, Colt Polky, Niche, uh, Milton doing his thing, um, for sure, man. Yeah. Uh, if you're a student athlete, you know they got some real life things that student athletes go through. Tap in with them, man. Um, they're on episode two now, so get your daily or get your was it weekly at this point? Get your weekly dose uh, with with some of your Huskies, man. Milton's story that he shared in in the first episode was fucking nutty. Mm-hmm. I didn't any of that of him. That was crazy to hear. Um, definitely really rooting for that guy going forward. Absolutely. And then just seeing, you know, a lot of their – you get to see a lot of their personalities. Uh, Jalen Polk, you can see why he's a leader on the team, just where his mindset is and how he attacks every single day and um, those types of things. Man, you can really see why, you know, certain people are leaders on the team. So – uh, his little motivational Monday thing that he did uh, on Monday was was super awesome too. Got me hype uh, at the beginning of my day as well. So, you guys, you you young brothers, keep that up, man. Another kind of adult or not adult feel, but off the wall kind of topic. Can we talk about some of these number changes for some of these guys? I'm gonna be looking at the, sure. the defense and not knowing who the fuck I'm looking at for a little bit there. With so many guys changing numbers, I'm gonna be hella confused for a little bit. But um, ZTF going to single digits, Eddie going to single digits, Mish going to single digits. It's gonna be uh, interesting to watch. <laughs> yep. Yeah, let's, let's we we can talk about that. Yeah, I mean, like I think we've talked about it, and, and Jacob, I agree with your point about like the numbers, like two and like thirty three and forty four we need to have tradition with, with, with certain numbers. I've certainly got no, you know, um, you know, one has been a huge number and Roma dudes, they wear on one. No that beats fits at for all. Sure. Uh, but yeah, let me get on my number two soapbox for a second. Jay- uh, we, Hey, Jalen Polk. I, I'm, and Caleb, it's, it's not any disrespect. Can I, if I can jump in real quick, like I got no disrespect to Caleb, but it's a number that like, you have to be on the team for a little while. To, I 100% agree. Jalen Polk. 100% no agree with that. No issue um, at all. We unretired two was supposed to be an awarded number. I'm fine with who they've given it out to, um, but I would like to see quite a bit more uh, attention drawn to the awarding process or even just like, you don't have to draw attention to the awarding process, but just attention to who they gave it to, why they gave it to them, um, because it was supposed to be awarded yep. to uh, a player that's been in the program for a little bit that exemplifies being a Husky on and off the field. I think that's a big deal, uh, especially with how Kalen came in, bringing in a bunch of alumni, bringing in a bunch of people like that, um, trying to draw attention to the tradition of the program. Uh, I think there's a huge opportunity there that no one has really taken a look at. Um, 
since Peterson initially yep. gave it to Aaron Fuller. Yeah, I think you're, you're kind of mentioning that yeah. there's just no ceremony centered around it. Um, there's no like big hype movement or marketed that this is the guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we, we in the background yeah, know I mean, who these leaders are and why they wear the numbers. But, you know, for casual fans, it needs to be, hey, you know, we know LSU. We know, you know, if a random person turns on an LSU game, we know whoever is number seven on defense is probably their best player. So, right. 100 percent. Or occasionally on offense, as was the case for Leonard Fournette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at it, and, and certainly it's a, one of the, the freshmen that I'm very, very excited about, and I think is going to be a huge player for us, but Jordan Whitney's wearing number 33. That's a big deal. Like, yep, you, you know, these numbers. Again, college, fo- yeah, college football, these numbers and these traditions matter, and, and I think that those are the things that we need to, to celebrate and, and emphasize even further as a Yeah, program. I mean, that's Absolutely. what sets college football apart from NFL football or any other league of football as uh, the tradition and the history of, of the program, and, and I think that they just need to make a, a bigger emphasis on who they're giving the numbers out to and why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I I don't know. Does anybody question why they gave eighty-seven? Uh, I don't know. Nobody. <laughs> and to the and to the numbers too. I mean, that's a roster change, but also to just you know noticing some of the size changes and things like that. It seems like Dom is under two twenty mm-hmm. for the first preseason. I think since he's been there. <laughs> uh, so that's super awesome to see, just in regards to you know just you know his speed profile, um, and then also you you see surprises mm-hmm. like. You see Void going down, so you know that he's probably going to be used in more speed types of speed power packages, those types of things, kind of versatile formations. Um, but yeah, those, those are kind of two that stood out to me. Um, obviously, off off the top of the, you know, for not being a power five player, Zach Durfee's size already is pretty ridiculous. So uh, that's something as well. So mm-hmm. curious to see how these sizes uh, yep. impact the game. Yeah, uh, I got a question. So uh, maybe a new topic discussion. Do you guys expect to see some transfers out after the spring still? Uh, if so, if there's, I don't know if we want to speculate players, but we, we could, or maybe position groups potentially. And, and do we expect to see some transfers maybe coming in after spring ball too? I think we have to see some transfers going out. I think we're still at least two or three over the scholarship limit once we hit fall, if we stand pat as it is. So I think we have to see at least three. Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, I might be off one or two. Um, but I think we need at least three going out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see one go out of the wide receiver room and one go out of the running back room. Um, those are two pretty crowded rooms for scholarship guys at the moment. Um, I'm not going to, speculate names because i mean spring ball will tell us a lot about who's moving where and and what the coaches see but i think we have to see at least three uh and if we want to bring anyone else in we got to see more yeah i think if we were plus you've got freshmen that aren't on campus yet that are joining in the the fall yeah as well well i think i i've factored those in when i went over the roster going into fall camp oh gotcha my bad my bad. Sorry, J-Cap. But yeah, I, I think wide receiver as it is right now is already pretty full. And then we're going to add two more incoming freshmen. 
Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see one, maybe two come out of that room and then one. Yeah. And arguably, arguably three. three. Um, I definitely have some names in mind, but I mean, I want to put them on blast during spring ball, you know? <laughs> yep. Or, or it's not arguably three. I just, I, I was saying arguably, cause I think like you certainly, you've got Tayshawn and you've got Rashid and then you're going to see uh, more of kind of, I think Keith Reynolds, I think they're going to see it is going to be more of a slash kind of, Swiss Army knife. He's going to line up in the backfield a little bit. He's going to line up out wide. I'm not going to say we're going to get like this offense's version of the Chico McClatcher role, but but that yeah, yeah. Nothing, um, in uh, <laughs> initial spring game press conference too. He said we weren't done adding to the roster this year, so yeah, that's true. I wouldn't be surprised to see more come in. But then we have to see more go out to get under yep. that 85 limit or at that 85 yeah. limit going into yeah, the for season. sure. I mean, I think, you know, without saying, you know, without naming names or anything, but I think it's a prove it spring for some, for some, or I mean, in every spring is a prove it, is a prove it, is prove it time for a number of people on the team. And if you're not moving up the depth chart. I'm I'm going to say name, not me speculating he's going to leave, but I'm hoping Taj Davis stays, Uh, but I can definitely understand him leaving because he, he can be, maybe not number one, but I could definitely like a number two or for sure three, like somewhere else at a good school. So I'm hoping he yeah. stays, but I understand if he at, yep. at a number of schools, I think he could be a two Husky, yeah, Husky legend, legend Taj Taj Davis, Davis for that catch. For one of the greatest plays of my Husky fandom. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely could see him being a number two, number three at, at another school. Uh, that wide receiver room is just so stacked with talent right now. I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave. I don't want him to, um, cause he's been good for us uh, last year and the year before. Um, but I and I've been on the Taj Davis train for a while. (laughs) When we first started the podcast, I remember you two were were on the Taj (laughs) Davis train for sure. Catches with his hands. Ain't that something? (laughs) I go, you're going to say something earlier. Go ahead. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember, man. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, you must have killed that Jameson then, for sure. Oh, I definitely did that. But I was, just enjoying, I was just enjoying you guys, you know, you guys talking about it. So it's 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 hard to predict another position group outside of wide receiver and running back, though. Like, if we do see attrition in other positions, like, we, we there's no way we saw that coming. Like, you can see maybe interior defensive line. You may be able to see some, maybe a linebacker. But, like, the, other than running back and wide receiver, it's kind of hard to predict where those kind of numbers will fall off at. Um, I think I don't. I think maybe, maybe I mean, a little at corner with with all. They're with all the size newcomers of the class though. Like in. so, it would have to be like Davion Green or a linebacker. Right, I know. You know, we might see a safety lead. You know, something like that. But safety, I, think, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think there's potential. You might see one at center. Um, there's there's a number of bodies yeah. there, especially yeah. Landon Hatchet coming into. Uh, there there's some some numbers there uh, that I think you maybe will see one. I won't say definitely because I mean, you never know what's going to shake out in the spring, uh, the rest of the spring and into the fall. But I, I think you could see one. And they won another quarterback apparently. So mm-hmm. yeah. Hood, Hood, I'm, uh, that's interesting. You yep. said possibly interior defensive line. Cause I was thinking that that might be a position group that we might want to add on another player. Yeah. I, I was ball. thinking we were pretty thin. I was going to ask you about that too. I mean, what we got like seven, eight guys there that either have have, have PT or are pretty solid. I think Alenius Davis is what guy seven or at eight or 
Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? Like totally thin, thin experience wise, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. True. Definitely experience. There are definitely guys there, but Tuli, Tui, Bandis. Um, yeah. See Bandis. That's three. Who's four? (laughs) Is it? Oh, Ale, Ale. Then you got, then you got the Parkers. Parkers. Yeah. They they had some PT. That's five, six. One and then Parker you got, got PT. The other one redshirted yeah. and was still recovering You're from right. injury. Technically, the better one. Technically, the better then one. You got COC. You know what I mean? That's true. But you got to factor yeah. in he's got, coming off you know, of the Fina. injury. Then you got we don't know what going to be like after that. Then you got Voy, and then you mm-hmm. got, uh, and then you got um, Finau. Finau. Yeah, man, they got. I'm interested to see Finau actually. Alinius, and then Alinius Davis. So like. Oh yeah, bro. Like that's why I'm like I don't know. Who... I'm wondering with with Void dropping the amount of weight that he did, if they're potentially thinking about moving him outside, which is where he, they shouldn't have moved him inside to begin I with. I think they just in need my, to replace my opinion, the pressure. Like one, of, like I don't think you're going to be able to. I don't think one yep. player is going to be able to re- replicate Martin. So I think they're just trying to do whatever they can to replicate the pressure. Different right. styles on different downs. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. But I, but for that reason, I wouldn't factor him into the interior defensive lineman count. Agree. Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. I hope you're right about the. I agree. I don't want to see one guy coming in and like kind of replace Martin. I want to see a group of guys coming in and being able to rotate, and so we can have some extra depth filling in for Martin this year. So that, what type of depth? Yeah. What type, wave step, on, wave does, on, wave what type of step does Savelle make this year, if any? I was about to mention Savelle, too. I know. He hey, the, the Texas game. He has some he good played, plays. He played pretty well against Texas. I will say that for sure. Yeah. But I definitely want to see him take another step up mm-hmm. moving into this season. Yeah. There, there's definitely flashes at times. We've seen it. There's like one game each year. It's like, oh, dang, Savelle. He's, he's out there, but then he just yeah. needs to be consistent. You work that, hard that off season. Off of one, maybe two games over the last couple. Of yeah, years. I know, but it's there. Yeah, I mean, but but that's that was Jeremiah Martin at, Very true. at Texas A and M. Very true. He'd flash and then he'd go quiet and like and it and like and I think you know not to, you know there's been some turnover in the coaching staff that you know that he's got a whole new coach. It's then you know who he had or you know this is year two with the new with the new staff. Obviously, development is not linear. It really isn't, and as many guys as you get that do uh, come in and just light the world on fire as freshmen, some guys don't, or, you know, um, to use, like, the baseball metaphor, for every Julio Rodriguez, there's seven or eight that either never develop or develop three years later. I mean, that's why, like, the book isn't, you know, this isn't a Mariners podcast, but the book's not closed on Jared Kelnick either. He's only 23 years old. Like, it's not a linear, this happens and this happens and this happens. It's over here, then over there, and like, and all. I mean, and, and particularly, we, we talked about it before. It's like, how many guys have you know, like, that as like redshirt juniors or seniors, like, all of a sudden popped and like, wow, that guy's really good. I think uh, I think Mathis our team this year is going to be reliant on a lot of those guys. Those type of redshirt sophomore, you know, three, four years in the program. Like, I think it was, I can't remember who has said it, but. Somebody mentioned about how the Husky fans should be um, very excited about having Demo as a backup. Like, so I think just like our depth in general, we're going to really underrate. Like, I think we are very, very deep this year. Yep. For sure. Without the fall, 
entrance. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally right. agree. And I mean, Demo as the backup, especially with uh, Sam leaving, is is another big big deal. I mean, obviously, Penix played the whole season last year, but his history at Indiana, you never know what's going to happen um, with him. So to have a backup with starting experience, obviously will be very beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've shit on Demo a lot, but yeah, that's a good point though. Having Same. a capable starter as a backup, because especially under a new coaching staff, that's proven to develop quarterbacks. If they can unlock Demo to get him back to what he was in 2020, and kind of reverse the, Dude, the John COVID Donovan season, curse, he had a couple games that were kind of fire. What they turned him in into 2020. The second half of that Utah game in the COVID yeah. season. If we that, I'm very confident. Mm-hmm. But if we get more of the 2021 demo. demo, especially Montana demo, no, thank you. Huh, don't remind me. None of them receivers are playing right now for our team. Facts. And is John Donovan working anywhere in football? Well, I think he is, sadly, as is Bob Gregory and his. Hey, we didn't realize Washington State actually switched there. Dude. Oh, oh speaking my of gosh. which, shout out to Jimmy Lake system. for finally getting up off his ass. Give and us that buyout money back, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Finally got off the unemployment line. Thank Jesus you, Jimmy. Christ. He, he's probably just like to fuck us over. Like, hey, I'll work for a dollar just just so I don't have to pay any. I'm already getting paid from you, Dub. Yeah. <laughs> J- J- Jimmy's off the unemployment yeah, line. Yeah. We need As to put Mike Hopkins fuck, on. Dude. That, <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just Jesus laughing because I, I hate Hop, but Jay Cat's one of the probably the biggest Hop hater. Every time his dude, name brought that, up, he's like, "Just that fuck guy you. makes me so fucking mad." I haven't watched a UW basketball game all season because of that motherfucker. I swear to God. Uh, hey, speak, speaking of them though. It, if those if <laughs> real quick on Utah basketball if we can get Menifield, Corn Johnson Mia and then somehow get Wesley Yates who's fringe five star recruit coming hey the coach new coaching staff hopefully has a lot to work with if we get a new coach that retains coupon, I don't we will get yeah, that, Wesley Yates. Yeah, if Coupon and deal. Hop are gone, Wesley Yates is gone, yes. and some, some if some, if Hop is guys. gone, but we retain Coupon, Wesley Yates will will, will enroll. Yeah, him. if he will. Coupon goes, he's Wesley Yates is out. He's gone. Yeah. Here's here's my prediction on this front: we will not know one way or the other on basketball until the conference alignment stuff has yeah. solidified. With we are still in the Pac-12. Hop will will be here if we if it is announced that Washington and Oregon are headed to the Big Ten, um, that may give us the leeway to stomach Hop's buyout and move on to our last year or two in this conference with a new head. Listen, we're the biggest revenue generating football program in the Pac-12. We can eat a hot buyout. I'm not too worried about that, but you're right. If with this conference realignment stuff. Uh, I'm kind of nervous about whether or not Hop gets retained for another season. 
Um, I think April 1st is that big deadline where his buyout dips down about half of what it is right now. Um, So I guess we'll see what happens, but I'm hoping that we make a basketball coaching change here and still retain coupon because many field with Yates and corn Johnson would be a pretty lethal uh, Mm -hmm. combo. Yep. Which, and to give them a quick shout out, we have a very, very good (laughs) backcourt developing on the women's side. Let's go. Uh, Shouts, Shouts to uh, them knocking off Stanford a few weeks ago. Uh, almost got two of three against the Ducks this year. Um, by the way, if you don't know, I am not a big Kelly Graves fan. So anytime we beat those guys um, makes me very, very happy. Uh, we got, uh, I believe, um, I believe her name is Chloe Briggs uh, coming in from Southern California. Set a like a Southern California division career scoring record. Uh, another really strong point guard. Um, coming in from Anchorage. Um, for more detail on that, please refer back to the episode <laughs> featuring UW Leah. Um, anything else that you guys gentlemen want to cover tonight, or should we call it and call it good? And we'll we'll be back soon with with a recruiting deep dive and and more thoughts on spring football and goings on on good for tonight. We got that recruiting deep dive we, coming up. We chilling now. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Go Go dogs. Have a great weekend, everybody.